who was here on the 9th of December when I preached online? Who was here? Oh, a good portion of you. And it's okay if you weren't. It's not a problem. I'm going to do a quick recap because um, I don't have any props today. I apologise. Somebody said no smoke and mirrors because what I did use was candles and mirrors last time to talk about um, Jesus uh, and the season of the Advent around him being the light of the world. And so um, this morning, what I want to do is, is uh, continue on from that. Now, it's okay if you weren't here, because we're going to do a quick recap. But if you want to hear the first part of this message, you need to go on to SoundCloud, or I think it's on um, the Apple version as well, um, Vineyard Prime Rivers. And the message is there. You can go and have a listen to that and recap what we um, talked about. But I'll give you a quick little summary and, and then we'll get into today's message. So last time I was focused on, and we're going to be focused today on the, on the theme of light. And that being Jesus being the light of the world and Jesus being also the uh, light of life. And what we did when we, when we went last time, we dug quite deep. Often I don't go as theologically deep as I did on that day where we really dug into the scriptures a little bit around the, 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 some of the theological themes that are going on both in the, in the book of John and in the book of Genesis. Um, and I just want to say, and I'm sorry, this is a little side note, I'm not going to go too deep into this rabbit trail. On Tuesday night we had one of our young adults um, speak a word to our group about this year and I felt like the Lord said, actually I think you need to release that over the, over the, the vineyard as a whole. And it was a simple word that she felt like the Lord was saying, he was asking the question, how big is your shield and how sharp is your sword? How big is your shield and how sharp is your sword? And I want to release that to you today. Now, for those that may not know their their Bible, getting into their Bible and and learning about their Bible, you might want to go and look up the passage in Ephesians 6 around the armour of God. And there's specific references to each of those um, parts of the Bible in, in what they're talking about being the shield and the sword. So I'm not going to say any more because I've got a feeling the young adults, if they get back up here and lead a service, they may go down that path, they may not. We'll wait and see. And I don't want to steal their thunder if they do. But how big is your shield? A big part of that is digging into the Word of God. I will give you that. So how big is your shield? How sharp is your sword? But what we did do is we dug into the idea in John that his gospel was presenting Jesus as the beginning of the new creation. And he did that, John did that through a lot of references to Jesus through the idea of light. And he did that because of a few things. And I'll give you a couple of correlations between the Genesis story and the John account of Jesus coming into the world. Genesis says, in the beginning... First words in, in Genesis. And then in John, John also says, tying very much, again, Israel, tell stories, passed on the word can, through word of mouth, so you did it through story. John said, in the beginning. If you're a good Jewish person, you would have known. He's trying to tie the two together. He's automatically pointing to the Genesis story when he said, in the beginning. God said... In Genesis, he said, the word says, God said, and we know in John, John says, Jesus was the word of God, the spoken word of God, tying the two together. Genesis, God says, 
let there be light. Let there be light. And John says, in him was life, talking about Jesus, and that life was the light of all mankind. John was really clear in his opening chapter trying to tie in that what God had intended in the Genesis creation story about the relationship with him, Jesus was now the instigation of the new creation, that the old was going to be gone and the new was going to become in and through Jesus. We also talked about in John 8 where Jesus said very clearly in one of the, the, the famous seven I am statements. John in his gospel has seven clear messages from Jesus where he uses the word I am. I am the bread of life. I am the way, the truth and the life. And another one that he said in John 8 was I am the the theme? Yeah, keep going. It's pretty easy. It's not, it's not a test. I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. And I'm the light of the life. You know what's, through that, what's really interesting and we looked at last time is that life cannot, when we just looked at the science of the world, life cannot exist without light. We're getting there. Cool. We're all on board now. I'm just seeing, making sure you're all awake can't exist without light. The ramifications of what Jesus is talking about, when it's just, it kind of blows my mind and, and I want to go rabbit trail and I'm not going to. I'll just stop there, go listen to the other um, message and you'll, you'll hear where we went with that. We also talked about in the last message, the kicker was that in Matthew 7, Matthew, 7, Matthew 5, Jesus clearly said in the, the Sermon on the Mount or the Beatitudes, however you want to call that, he said, you are the light of the world. We became the He said he empowered us to be the light of the world. And we talked about 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 5 and 6, where God said, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts. And then we did a few experiments, and you can see one of them up on the wall, where we talked about we have this light now inside of us that God's made clear that he has breathed, that he's put in us, and that light life he has breathed into us. And we talked about, and we did an experiment where I put a candle in front of a mirror, because we had to reflect Jesus. Our lives are to be a direct reflection. So reflection with light is to show the same image, to reflect back exactly the same image. And we talked about when we know Jesus, it's not so much about is it the right image, are we accepted, are we not? No, it was done with Jesus when he died on the cross. The new creation has come. Sin was done and dusted. It's over. As David said, it's finished we are now accepted by the Father and we are reflecting Jesus. And so the thing for us has become proximity and presence, the distance that we are from that light, how close we are. And I was moving the mirror backwards and forwards and I'm kind of doing that as I do a little dance up the front, something you will not see very much from me. Just ask my wife. Um, so we talked about that. But then the last experiment we did, we talked about what happens 
when we place that light, and if we are the mirrors reflecting Jesus, what happens when we place that light in the middle of a group of reflectors? And that's the outcome that occurs. It's reflected backwards and forwards. It just never ends. The image just keeps on going. If you could get in a straight line, you would just see that candle as far as your eye could see, just continuing to go all the way. And so we talked about how we reflect Jesus to each other. So why all of that to say today, there was a second element I talked about that I want to touch on, that I want to spend a few minutes looking at, and I believe the Lord wants us to look at, and there's a second R. So I said there's reflection. And do you remember, does anybody who was here remember the second R that I mentioned? David, you can't say it because he knows, <laughs> he remembers. Somebody said it. Who was it? Refraction. Refraction. Do any of my teachers want to come up and tell us what refraction is compared to reflection? I'm not going to look. I know who the teachers are in the room, but I'm not going to look at them. I'm just going to look up at the roof. And, or any chappies that might be around a lot of schools all the time that might know that. <laughs> Les, you want to do it? Or David's going to do it? Now I'm going to take the mic to the guy who needs to do it because he's not going to stand up and come out the front. <laughs> oh, you're stretching back a few centuries now to remember this from uni, but... Um, as the light passes through certain materials, it's bent through a means that I don't remember. But, um, yeah, the light gets bent. Give him a clap, yes, come on, yeah. Yes, so the difference in refraction is, re- is reflection is showing that exactly, passing back exactly the same image of, of the light is bouncing. It's bouncing back the exact image of whatever is being replicated. Refraction is where light passes through. It passes through and it bends and it change, shifts and it goes in it. When you, I, I could do it, I couldn't get an experiment up quick enough. If you put a laser light and you put it into a bit of cloudy water, if you point it in and you can see into that, um, that bowl, the actual laser light will look like it's bent. It'll go in like it should go in a straight line, but it actually will come down in a different direction. And what we introduced last time and what I want to talk about today is that the light of life that is in us, not only are we reflectors of Jesus, we are refractors of Jesus to people as well. The light of life not only is in us reflecting back, it passes through us to other people. Whatever we talk about this morning, and however I reference it, I want you to remember passing through to other people this morning. Cool? All good? We got the difference in reflection and refraction? Awesome. Awesome. Another cool one you can do, actually, if you get a cup of water, draw an arrow on a piece of paper, is put the, hold the arrow up and then slide it down behind the cup of water. The arrow actually inverts. It actually completely flips around and looks like it's going the opposite way. That's the concept of refraction as well. Cool. All right. What I just said, though, seriously, think about it. The light of life lives in you and the light of life. So that, that, those words that were spoken at the beginning of creation, let there be light. The one who is speaking it lives in you, inside of you. And clearly through his scripture, which we're going to look at in a minute, also said, 
I want to live through you to other people. The same power, the same person that brought all of this into being and praise God for the wonderful rain that we've got this morning while I talk about that. Lord, we need more and would you let it come to the southeast Queensland area because it's a little too dry at the moment. The same one who spoke all of that into being lives inside of you. The more you sit and you contemplate and you meditate on that, the more mind-blowing that becomes. And the more you will find your significance in who you are in him because he lives in you. But we're going to take a few minutes to do that, to actually dig into this a little deeper this morning. Here's the million-dollar question. How does the light of life refract through us to other people? How does that happen? What's going on there and in what ways? Well, I want to give you two this morning, and by no means am I saying these are the only ways. But I felt like the Lord wanted us to look at two areas this morning, and then we'll do some ministry time afterwards. Um, And I reckon you're already pumped, because the worship this morning, it felt like you guys... Often here, it felt like you guys were really crying out to the Lord this morning. I was like, oh, all right, we're primed. This is good. Here we go. So thanks to Bruce and the team as well this morning for all you did. It's great. Um, so the first way. First way we, ref- we refract the light of life to others. It's through your story. It's through your story. I feel like when I get up here, I'm like, ah, Lord, really? Like I start preparing and then all of a sudden this flow comes out and I'm like, hang on a minute, I'm talking about our story again. And it's like, yep, I want you to talk about everybody's story again, be it through Israel or Jesus or our own. I feel like the theme of story is always in front of me as I preach and um, that's all good if it's the Lord's will for that. But um, if I repeat anything... I hope you're getting more out of it because obviously we need to hear it again this morning because I'm just trying to follow Jesus into everything he wants us to have for this morning. I want to stretch your thinking a little bit to say that when we, rele- when we tell our story, we actually release the light of life to other people. Let me repeat that. When you speak your story of Jesus... You release the light of life. In other words, remember, Jesus is a spoken word. He was a light of life to all mankind. You refract it. You actually release that to the people around you. That is a really, really powerful thing. Really powerful. The creation story that occurred is flowing through you. The same power is flowing through you as you tell your redemption story, your stories of Jesus. It's being released to people. What we often freak out about is how they're going to receive it or are they even going to receive it. That's a different story. What, don't underestimate what is happening all the time, whether you feel it or not, what is happening when you speak those words out. And can I encourage you, I missed this, I'm going to be the first one to admit, I missed this yesterday. I had an opportunity with a guy, and I'll tell you a bit more about that in um, in a moment. Speak the name of Jesus as you tell your story. Speak his name. There is so much power in that when you actually speak his name. 
your story is good and I get yesterday I tried to actually just swing somebody gently into the God story and I'm like, and, then, and after as I reflected, I'm like, I should have like said his name. I should have said the name of Jesus in the midst of what I was, I was talking about. Um, and that's all good. I'll get it next time. I'll be on it next time. It was all, it's all fine. It was just that reflection I was having with the Lord. And the Lord said, when you preach this morning, make sure you tell the people in their story, say the name of Jesus. Speak his name. There'll be power in it and, and life and light will be released to people. If we want a scripture reference to back this, Revelation 19.10, it says it this way. And this is the message version. I love this version. The witness of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So as we witness to who Jesus is, we release a prophetic word to those people that we're actually speaking to. Whether you feel it, whether you know it, it's actually going on. So when we talk about our stories, what we're witnessing to is the fullness of life that is on offer by Jesus. And we start to release hope and we start to release faith. And we start to release love over those people who don't have, may not have any concept of it or know what it means. We start, to re- we start to speak out the idea and the possibility, and they won't know it this way, of righteousness. And that's simply being made right with God. We speak that out to them. It's not about a, a holy way of living and you've got everything perfect and, and, and um, you're following the, the rules. Um, that's not righteousness. Righteousness is being declared right with the Father. And when you tell your story, you're releasing that to people to say it's possible. It's not only possible, it's probable. And it will happen if you want it to happen. We release and we speak destiny. We speak identity. We, we release purpose. Oh, man, how people need to, have pur- need to know there is actually purpose to this life these days. Don't think about all the busyness means they've got purpose. No. So many people in this world, they are crying out for a purpose in their life. They want to know that they are significant. They can count for something. Our story can release that to them in Jesus. But sometimes we forget or we downplay who we are and we diminish the significance of our story. I want to just quickly play you a clip. Can we, um, Eli, can we get the Narnia clip up there? Let's see if we can hopefully see this. This is from The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe and we'll watch this and have a chat afterwards. think you've got the wrong people. We're just four kids from Finchton. Fin- All the English are correcting me. All those that have lived in England are correcting me. Anyway, let me rephrase it. Jesus, I think you've got the wrong person. I'm just from Launton. Or I'm just from Strathpine. Or Bray Park. Anybody else? <laughs> Sometimes we forget the significance of our story or we think because we see so many Hollywood moments presented to us or big stories on Facebook or whatever it might be, 
We think that our story and who we are is insignificant. And the Lord wants to remind you today, every, every person here, but I think there's some specific people, your story is not insignificant. That is a word from the enemy. That is the enemy trying to rob you of the glory of your story that is in Jesus. I struggled with this for years. I stand as one who was, who's gone through that process. I was born and raised in the church and I felt like my story was insignificant because it was boring. You know, I was just, I went to church all my life and, and I didn't get into the stuff that other people did. And I went through all of that and the Lord just corrected me one day and said, that is not insignificant. And by the way, you were saved out of a whole lot of religious stuff as well, which can be just as bad as that other stuff. So your story is not insignificant in what I did, but that's a side issue there. So, but I had to get through that to go, wow, you know, no matter who you are, no matter the depth of the experience you've gone through, the reality is who you are, your story and what Jesus did to save you is significant. And do not believe any other word that you would hear other than that from the Lord. Your story is significant. And when you tell it, no matter what it's like, no matter what level, it releases power for the kingdom to break in and change people's lives. That's how you refract the light of life to people in one way, first way, great way. Get ready to tell your story because I think in this season of renewal, the Lord is going to be right behind you. He's going to have your back when you speak those stories out and you say his name. He's, gonna, he's got your back. He's right there with you. Speak out your story. Your story, and it's not significant. It is just not significant. If you want a biblical example of this, of why it's not significant, let me give you one more. In the, do you know where Judges sits in the, in the Old Testament? Judges is a book that flows on after um, Moses is gone and Joshua has, has uh, succeeded Moses and he's about to pass as well and Israel's about to go into this. I mean, read it. It's crazy. Judges is just crazy. There's bells and whistles, booms, crashes, people dying, um, crazy stories of stuff going on in Israel, to, um, backwards and forwards, nations fighting nations. I mean, it's all in there. The stuff of today that you think is unique to today, go read Judges. It, it ain't as unique as what you think it is. It's insane what goes on throughout that book. And, on, and then there's this little book called Ruth. And then on the other side of Ruth, there's 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel, where once again, bang, crash, kings and rejection of God as King Israel's going through and Saul's fighting other nations and God's doing crazy stuff in the midst of all of that. That's all going on. And in the middle of those two books is this little book called Ruth. Have a read of Ruth. If you want to know how significant your story can be in a world that is going crazy and has all these big things going on, read the book of Ruth and know the significance of what can happen. Because there is a big story going on, but each individual step we take contributes towards that big story. Just one little step at a time. And Ruth is evidence of that. Ruth was a, a non-Israelite lady who married... I won't spoil all the story, but well, I am actually. Who married an Israelite man? He died, and she was left with her mother-in-law. 
Now, in those times, if you weren't an Israelite, well, let's just say this, nations didn't like other nations at all. They were not very friendly to each other at all. And in particular, Israel had a real problem with the nations around them. The Moabites, which is what, what Ruth was, was one of those nations they had a lot of trouble with. Ruth does this insane thing when her mother-in-law says, go back to your home country, don't follow me back to Israel that I'm going to. She says, no, I'm going to follow you. We read that and we go, okay, great. That is an insane choice by this young lady to actually lean into the goodness of God because in that culture, Ruth had no rights. Now, we can debate all of that, but she was going into a nation that despised her, that would not have liked her, but she chose to follow her mother-in-law into that situation. She was vulnerable to being attacked because she was a non-Israelite woman. She was single. And she would have been going into places to gather food that would have exposed her to being attacked. She went day in, day out, and actually still put herself in that position and leaned on the goodness of God to take care of her. Just, we go, well, that's a big story. To make that decision every day was not, not in the context of a big story. It was a woman just taking one step at a time. A significant step in the end. Because we don't know where these steps will lead to. Ruth had no idea. She just was faithful to what was in front of her day by day and walked into it to allow the God and his goodness to work in and through her. What did happen with Ruth, and this is where we don't know where each just little faithful step uh, can have a big impact. Ruth was the great-grandmother of the greatest king apart from Jesus that Israel ever saw, David. She eventually bore the line of David into existence because of what she did in just taking those small steps and following God. So God, as he presents judges, Ruth and Samuel, says to us, yeah, there's a big story going on, but your little stories are significant as well. They're very significant in everything I want to achieve in this world and to bring the kingdom. Have a read of Ruth. Amazing woman. Amazing woman in what she did. Not in the sense that God released and 10,000 were converted to, to the kingdom on the Nothing like that. It's just an amazing story of the significance of taking one step at a time. Just what's in front of you, following God. Yep, there he is. Yep, there he is. Next step, next step. And seeing life come through that. I'm not preaching on Ruth. Stopping there and moving on. All right, let's begin to land this. Just one more quick point. The second aspect of how we refract the light of Jesus. In Matthew 5, we said that Jesus said, you are the light of the world. I just want to read that passage to you once again in the message version. I really love how Eugene Peterson um, writes this. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colours in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If, you, if I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on the hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep an open house. Be generous with your lives. Be opening up to others. You'll prompt people to open up to God, this generous Father in heaven. That's fantastic, isn't it? 
I love the way he words that. It, oh, it's awesome. He said, I love how he says, now that I've put you. So there's this sense that as we reflect the light, refract the light of Jesus, it's actually he's putting us in those places to do it and to make it happen. The way that Eugene writes it, I, I love it. That's fantastic. Now that I'm putting you on, now that you're there, shine. Partner with me and shine. Oh, we could say that's Discipleship 101, but I have this sense in this season of renewal, we'll be more aware and there will be an increase in this sense of shining and what we do will really matter. How we live our life, the way we reflect by refract. In the NIV it says, you will reflect by your good deeds. That's the way it says it in the NIV. As we live our daily lives, it's like, oh, Scott, that's discipleship 101. Yes, but I believe the Lord in this season of renewal is saying, there's going to be a weight on your good deeds. Let me give you a reason why I think that's the case. I'm already starting to hear lots of stories. Love it again, stories. And the words being spoken up here at church, I think um, they really are empowering us to act on this. But yesterday I was at Parkrun. I'll give you one story of where I've seen this happening. I was at Parkrun. I go there, actually first time back for a little while yesterday. But um, I go there quite a bit because there's this guy that I met there and we've had, had lots of conversations and then we got talking about his kids wanting swimming lessons or needing swimming lessons and I said, well, my wife Belinda's at the Launton Swimming Pool. Belinda um, teaches just around the corner there. I'm not advertising, um, just telling you where it is. Um, <laughs> that the, um, that she does that. So we've just had these odd conversations here and there. And lo and behold, over the months, Belinda's come back and said, actually, this guy's asking about you because he seems to know you from Parkrun. And we've put all the connection together. And I haven't been for a while, so he's been asking Belinda where Scott needs to come back to Parkrun. So I thought, all right, Lord, I've got, to get, get, I've got to go back. I need to go and chat to this guy. Clearly, you're on his case. So I go back and, we, and I just go for a walk with him. I'm in park run after I was done I caught up to him and just had a walk and we were chatting and he said about Belinda he said you know um, and this is without prompting he said I've told Belinda I'm going to do this so and she loves me just putting her under the spotlight it's fantastic but she gave me permission to do this but he just began to speak glowingly of Belinda and he said these exact words I don't know what it is and I can't put my finger on it, but there's something really different about her and the way she goes about life and treats people. And that's where I missed the moment to say the name Jesus. All right? So learning on the go with everybody else, okay? What I did say was, yeah, it's quite amazing how she treats people and it's a big way she, and I paused, big for effect, the big way she operates at church as well. So I alluded to but I didn't go all the way and I should have. All good. Move forward. But I don't know what it is, but there's something about her. The way that Belinda operates and has been acting and loving on these kids in the swimming lessons is refracting the light of Jesus to people. I believe in this season, and the reason, again, it might be basic, but I believe the Lord is going to be backing your act when you do these good deeds and these acts. He's going to be right behind you and the Spirit is going to come 
right in the behind those and you're going to see people want to know more, hear more, understand more and praise God, give their life to Jesus and come into the kingdom. Amen. Let that happen, Lord. But I don't want to, as we land this, um, when we shine, the Bible is clear that we're shining in darkness. Now, let's be really clear, like we were in the last message for those that weren't here, can darkness overtake light? Can it resist it? No, it can't. Does light have a shadow? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Light, a candle does not have a shadow. Go, go test it out. It does not have a shadow. So in light, there is no darkness. So it can't resist. When we are releasing the light of life, darkness cannot resist. You have the authority through Jesus to release that light. Yes, you might be feeling pressed in. The Bible's clear in that Second Corinthians passage. We are pressed in. We have this treasure in jars of clay. Go and have a look at that and read all that and the light references in there. But it cannot overtake the light. So the other reason I say that is I'm hearing stories of how the enemy is trying to press in, to snuff that out, to put that bucket over our light on regular occurrence. I can't promise you that that won't be painful, that there won't be circumstances that you've got to walk through in the midst of that. I cannot promise you that. I'm not the Lord. I'm not the Lord. What I can promise you and what Ruth is really clear about in her book is the goodness of God will prevail. Because everything in our lives starts with a story, but it's not the end. It starts. It starts with those circumstances. Yes, the circumstance might be the darkness pressing around. That's only the start. That's not the finish. We know where the finish is, right? Or do we need to talk about that this morning? Are we all good with where the finish is? Victory of Jesus. Let's just go with that. As wrapping that conversation up, he will try and oppress in. I have had that week. I have had that week where I thought I was going to be preaching on the book of Ruth. And what I didn't understand was the Lord was actually just trying to talk to me about my own life and then had to park that message and come back this way. But the Lord said, talk about what happened. And what happened for me was a lot of personal attack throughout this week. And the Lord calling me through the book of Ruth, just keep, keep going, keep, look for me, keep stepping and release love, release light, operate in a way that is different, do deeds that are different to what people would normally expect, respond differently to, than the way people would normally think that others would respond. Do it differently, Scott. Do it differently and let that be the story of my goodness to those and you will release life to them as you do it. They will ask the question, why is he, op why is he operating that? Why is he doing it that way? I don't understand. This is confusing. And so on and so forth. That is the word of the Lord for today. And that is my encouragement to you all. Refract the light of life. Let it flow through you. Let your story ring true to people and speak the name of Jesus. And live in a way where the Lord places you. I've put you. Shine. Release the kingdom. Release love. Release hope. Release purpose. All of those things. Show it through your deeds.
throughout this week. All right, should we get into some ministry time?